Do you know why? You need them. If you don't need the mercy of God, you're probably walking outside of where you should be walking. He should be bringing us to a place that we need to cry out to Him so we can be found. We'd have to be lost to be found. Then once we're found, we're not lost. But it's a cycle that we just keep going through. But I really want to start out by saying, Happy birthday. And I want to, I want to say that because I'm, I'm thinking about something. And I want to get that through to us, to me, because a lot of times I think we really confuse our walk with the Lord with the gift of God. See, yesterday we had a birthday party, and there's a whole bunch of people having birthday parties. Now, let me... Okay. Let's start in Hebrews 2 so we can get a con, con, continuity. Hebrews chapter 12. Now, what I believe... God has called us to a walk with Him. He's called us to a work and a vocation. The Bible says, where unto you were called, don't forsake that. If you were called this, you don't leave that. We're not going to get into that, but just laying a little bit of a foundation. But many times I think we confuse our birthday with our walk with the Lord or our vocation. They're actually two different things. And I want us to look at that so we can rightly divide. Now, Jim used to talk a lot about, and the foundation of, of gospel outreach was practicing the Word. There is no need to practice the Word to get saved. It is a gift of God. Now, okay, getting a little... Okay, getting, yeah. So we need to separate the gift of God and our relationship with God. You can get gifts and still not have a good relationship. That's why we're going to talk about birthdays and the prodigals. I can't. And the prodigal, prodigal son. Not you. <laughs> Hebrews. Wherefore? Not now, Cato. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. Easily beset us. There's something I need to do to run the race. Well, we didn't get to that part. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God on high. Hallelujah. Good thing. But we are called here, or we're spoken to here, to run a race. Salvation is not a race. Salvation is the gift of God. There's nothing you can do. That's why birthdays are so weird. I always thought they were weird until last night or this morning. I still think they're weird, but getting, getting some things. Why do people give gifts on a birthday? The person who receives the gift has done absolutely nothing. They weren't involved in any way, shape, or form of coming into this world. But here we are, we're celebrating, might be a foreshadowing, of being born again. So here we are, we have a, a child that yesterday, Anna just gets all these gifts. She didn't do anything to deserve them. We're celebrating her birthday. Her parents should get the gifts. 
But that's not what... We need to separate the two, for lack of a better word, functions of God or our relationship with God, lest we get confused. Now, just because she is given gifts or the child is given gifts does not make their relationship with the parents fine. But there is a place to have a birthday. And that's salvation. Salvation is the gift of God. You cannot race into righteousness. That's not what it's talking about here. You can't run the race of salvation. It's a gift. If you run the race of salvation, you would actually be sinning against God. So we are born again. And here it's saying, run the race. So there's actually two separate things. There is the race of God and God's gift of salvation. So what I was thinking about that at church. Many times we get confused about every week we have a birthday party. It's called church. And we get reminded again that, wow, praise God. God loves me. He's good. I want to praise Him for salvation. And then many times we can go away and be disillusioned because we're not running the race. We're just waiting for the birthday party again. But a great part of our work is actually practicing the Word in this thing called life. All things... Move the wrong thing. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. There's this thing called the race, and that's what it's talking about here. Let us run the race, not salvation. Salvation is the gift of God. You cannot do, you cannot do anything to earn righteousness. Jesus became sin that we might be the righteousness of God. What are you going to race? All the things I'm, I'm carrying. No, you're not doing anything. It's a done deal. But birthday parties will only spoil a child if the rest of the relationship isn't there. Have a birthday party once a year. Great idea. She gets all these gifts. She doesn't deserve them. She has nothing to do. We are lavished upon by the grace and the mercy of God because He borned us again. And he's saying, Hallelujah, I love you, and the angels are singing. But that is the gift of God. But now if you love Him, there's going to become a race. And in that race, I, you, need to lay certain things aside that so easily come upon us. And what are those things? Bitterness, anger, stubbornness, all the works of the flesh, throwing a fit that I didn't get enough presents at my birthday party. I don't want to have a birthday. Why can't I have it? Lay those things aside because why? Not to get saved. You are going to have a birthday every year no matter how naughty you are. It's just going to happen. God's grace is upon you no matter who you are. He reigns on the just and the unjust. And that's another strange thing as I was thinking about this. It reigns on the just and the unjust. And there's several stories precepts, ideas, that go throughout the Bible. And this is one that I, you know, Roman, Paul talks about that our works, not the gift. Now, you, gotta, you have to separate these. Because if, you're, if you're, all you're wanting is to come to the birthday party, life stinks. The church stinks. Everything in life stinks. If all you want to do is be a smart, spoiled child, you're just wanting to like, Where's the cake? Where's the cake? The party? The party's over. Now, there'll be another one next Sunday. But there's another work that we're called to do, and we are to run the race. 
knowing that we've been called of God. But Paul talks about that our works are going to be tried. Now, who's going to try your works? Well, in that verse, God is going to try your works. Not salvation, but how you've run the race. How you're choosing to apply the word or do the word in this thing called life and godliness. Now that we're saved, remember that song? I got shoes, you got shoes. Why does people got running shoes on? All God's children got running shoes on. Why? You're to run the race. We're going to be judged on how we run the race. The work of godliness working in us. The only way that I can practice the word is not in salvation. There's a minimal. I don't even know how much of that is up to us. Because it says God calls me. God's chosen me. It's God who saved me. It's God. Somehow we, I don't know, by the Holy Spirit, he op- even the Holy Spirit opens my eyes to even hear the gospel. And, and faith is exercised somehow. But I can't practice the word unless I'm running the race. And that's where my relationship is going to be with God. So he's going to say, and I'm going to, Paul talks about that, laying the foundation. Now, I believe there's certain things that we as a people and as individuals need to hear basic truth. And that truth, unless it's weaved into my life and into the foundation of my belief system and my faith, I will not build correctly. Okay? Because all foundations, Paul says, are the same. There can be no other foundation laid than it is laid. Now, my, 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 the concrete in my foundation at my house is the same as Aaron's house. Our houses look different. The foundation in this concrete is the same as in Bill's house, except in his mobile building. The foundation is the same, but how we then build upon that is where God's going to judge us. We can't come back and say there's good concrete. That's going to be burnt up. God said, I've done that. But do you love me? Are you running the race? Are you practicing the word? Are you laying some things aside? Are you allowing certain things that I've spoken to you to be woven into your belief system so that as you build on the foundation, your building, our building, will be what God has required. Not saying, well, we've got a good foundation. That's going to be burned up. And all that's going to remain, there's going to be no glory in that, the Bible seems to indicate. So Paul talks about that God is going to try our works. And remember, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Jesus says, the wise man and the foolish man, they build a house. And what happens? It starts raining on both of them. And what they are building is tested. And some of them will fall. And some of the, but regardless, it's going to be tested by rain. And I was thinking about this in, in this context, and you'll probably find this uh, principle all through Scripture. Noah, righteous man, he builds an ark. He's not exempt from the flood. He's not exempt from the flood. It says that, and it says that the fountains of the deep were ripped up. You go to Mount Ararat, the, the, the volcanic flows, the earthquakes that were there are evident. And there must have been turbulence all over 40 days and 40 nights, raining, and, and that ark is pitching and like this. And I think if they were anybody that built their own stuff, every creek in that boat was like, oh, I hope we did it right. <laughs> Am, are you sure you tarred that good enough? You didn't use anything up to gopher wood, did you? They were tried by God. Actually, Noah's Ark 
was actually tried by the judgment of God on the world. We're we're gonna have to if we're not building right, and we don't dis, I, um, discern or divide between the gift your birthday and the gift of God, and running the race, you may not cast off the weight and that sin and that so easily beset us. Because it's real easy just coming to the birthday party. Now, the prodigal son, he had some issues. Now, when he comes back, what does the father do? One of the first things the father does is what? Throws him a party. Why? Well, he was lost. Now, he's, it's like a birthday party. The son does nothing to deserve that. As a matter of fact, in the flesh, the older brother discerns that right and says he's a jerk. What are you throwing him a party for? He ran away. Well, the reason I'm, I'm God's throwing the party, not because the son deserves it, because dad's happy. Okay? The story kind of ends there. But here's the epilogue. That prodigal son, in the days to follow, in the weeks to follow, in the months to follow, in the years to follow, is going to come up against everything that made him leave. Because after the party, it's going. To, they worked on a farm. And the older brother, I'm sure, wanted to get his licks. It's five o'clock. Let's get up. We got to cut hay. I'm just here for the party. I don't have to. No. Sooner or later, he's going to not. See, he, he, gets, the, he gets the revelation that his father is the giver of all good things. I want to come back to my father. Now the relationship is going to be worked out through the judgment of God and the storm. So we have birthdays and we have parties. But 5 o'clock Monday morning's coming. That's where we need to practice the word. And if we do not allow the, 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 il killer, the principles, the word that God has come into our life and we've been taught to actually interweave in me, I just pour concrete and say, well, that's a good foundation. God is not talking about that. Because I've laid the foundation, but take heed how you build. Basically, you're running the race with what? Patience, endurance, keep running. There's a work that, need, that is God is accomplishing in this world in us through the judgment of God on the world, actually, depending on how we build. Can't just have a party. Happy birthday. Church is a good thing. We'll have a, we'll have a party next week. We come and and that's a good thing. But there's a race that needs to be run. And how, how are we supposed to run that? Well, we're supposed to look at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for, who for the joy that was set before him. How much joy do you have? How much hope, how much faith do you really have will, sh- will sh- be evident in what you're able to endure in keeping the race? Not in saying, well, praise God, i got a foundation. Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Not only did he have a relationship with God, he actually walked that out in the civil realm or in this world that manifests. And we could actually see in his walk that he was the Son of God. Now, I read something this morning, and it was, it was interesting. 
Paul, as for his challenge, remember we, t- we talked about that, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. We need to arm ourselves with that same mind because we have, you know, looking unto Jesus. Well, what did Jesus do? Jesus did not have to endure. The prodigal son doesn't have to come back. Moses does not have to forsake Egypt. David doesn't have to kill Goliath. The disciples do not have to forsake all that they have. And you don't have to run the race. But Jesus, there's a point in the, in the ministry of, of Christ that his life changes. And it's right around the time of the, trans, the Mount of Transfiguration. Up until that time, he's healing the sick, raising the dead, pretty favorable. Got some, you know, stuff going on. But remember what he does on the, right after the Mount of Transfiguration? He comes down and talks to his disciples and tells them what's going to happen to him in Jerusalem. He's going to say, I'm going to Jerusalem and there I'm going to be given to the Gentiles and I'm going to be mishandled and treated badly and they're going to kill me. Right after the mountain of transfiguration, the mountain of glory, Jesus was glorified with the glory that he had before the fa- with the Father. He was radiant. God was speaking with him. He didn't have to come down off the mountain. Moses didn't have to come down off the mountain. Paul didn't have to stay. Could have been far better for me to go. But if Jesus would have not, if Jesus would have left this earth from the Mount of Transfiguration, mankind wouldn't be saved. He was running the race. Wasn't there just for the party? And from that point on, Jesus goes through the suffering and he leaves after the death and resurrection and leaves from the Mount of Ascension, not from the Mount of Transfiguration. And many times we want to go up to the mountain and just go. That's not the race. Jesus could have just gone and he would have failed. He would not have become the author of eternal salvation. So we need to look to him. So I want to talk about running the race. Because if not, we sometimes just become party-orientated. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You can get weary. You get tired. I was thinking about this. I've been doing this for 38 years. 38 years. I didn't think people could live that long. He said the same stuff just keeps going on. Well, you could get weary in your mind or you could put off the sin and wait. What's the wait? Are you 17? Do you know who's sitting way back behind you? Take a look. He'll gladly come down and give you a smack in the back of the head. Okay. Good. And shame on you for provoking the little boy. Anyway. Yeah, we could get weary listening to the meeting in church. You might want to start fooling around. We would get weary of doing the same old thing. We can get weary of being challenged. We would get weary of coming down. Could you imagine being on the Mount of Transfiguration, Elijah and Moses, and he's, he's glorified. Would you like to... Hallelujah. Would you like to come down to this group again knowing 
knowing what's going to happen to you? That's the race. That's the race. Have a great time at the party. You don't deserve it. You shouldn't be getting gifts for being born. You should be giving them. But it is a manifestation of the grace of God and the mercy of God. Happy birthday. You didn't do anything. We're giving you gifts because we just love you. We're giving you gifts because Monday morning I expect the dishes done. Monday morning I expect... Well, let's get past Monday because Monday sometimes, you know, we can do it on inertia. Tuesday. Are you ready, Spencer? And Tuesday, I want your whole life. Wednesday, more and more. So let's consider him, lest we grow weary in our minds and we begin to faint. Because you haven't yet resisted unto blood the striving against sin. But, and, and don't forget the exhortation which speaks unto us as children, my son. Not, on, not only do you get the party, you're going to get the judgment of God. It's going to rain on your ark. And it's not going to be, you know, you know I don't mind, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a real um, storm. And forget not the exhortation that speaks unto you as children. My son, don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Don't faint when you're rebuked by him. In other words, stop being a wuss. Take a little punishment. Learn you're supposed to learn. Get going and start running the race. Stop talking about, you know, stop telling, oh, my, we got really good concrete in my foundation. That was the birthday party. The, the wheat needs to be cut. If not, you're going to leave again. And probably next time, you're not going to get a party. <laughs> now, I don't know how all that works. That's just commentary. Don't, don't get, you know, don't faint. Run the race with patience. So we're talking about all, the work of the church is to equip people. I can't equip you for salvation. I can't make you run the race for patience to get righteous. Can't do that. That's God's realm. But there is a realm that God gives us. See, God doesn't tell Noah, bring a flood. God doesn't tell Noah, make yourself right. God tell, gives him a work to do. And it's in doing that work that we're transformed and we begin to have a relationship with God. And that's the realm in which God seems to leave the church. God leaves us in the world. He puts us as lights in the world. And He gives us this thing called the body of Christ, who the head of which is the church. Who that of is Christ. And in the church is unto Him be glory forever and ever. How is that to happen? Through the work of the Holy Spirit as we run the race with patience. Jesus on, in the garden. What was His prayer? He doesn't say on the Mount of Transfiguration, Father, I've glorified your name. It's after he goes through his anguish and he's run his race and he's finished the work. He says, Father, I've glorified your name. Let me continue to do so. We look at it all backwards. Oh, well, I, was, you know, I wish I was up there. No. That wasn't even for Christ's sake. That was for their sake. Don't leave from the Mount of Transfiguration. So there's a, there's, there's a work that the Holy Spirit wants us to labor with Him to do. See, Paul, when he's called, he's immediately called to run a race. And the, the, the testimony of the grace and the power of God in his life is what? 
I'm doing that. I'm working with the Holy Spirit. I am preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. I am doing... See, Paul, I've called you. I'm going to send you forth to the Gentiles to preach my name. And what do you see Paul doing? He's doing that. And in doing that, what happens? It begins to rain on his ark. He's beaten up. Probably, I think at some point, he became... Had to be fairly ugly. I mean, stones. Now, when they stone people, we don't... Then they're not little stones. They are stone meant to kill you. They break bones. They, I don't know how you would live after that. I've heard testimonies of people actually seen stonings in Iran. Terror. He was beaten up. He says, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wasn't always party time. And I think there was party time. And he realized that was the grace of God being showered on him undeservingly because God called him. Because God chose him. And no matter what else would happen, as he's sacrificing for the Lord, that is always there. But his work in loving the Lord and doing what and working with him was being conformed to his image and working that. And certain things had to be believed in his faith dogma, if you would, or in the realm of his soul that would transform his life from someone that would just be a, a person to someone who's working. The Holy Spirit is working in powerfully and he's finishing the race. What does Paul say? He's ready to be offered. He's looking at having his head chopped off. He says, I've finished my course. I have done the work God has given me. Hallelujah. Now he says, then he goes back and says, now is laid up for me. But there is a work that we have to do. The only way I can practice the word is by entering into what? A relationship with God and practicing in the now to what he's given me. Remember, you can't serve God where you're not. There's got to be a practicing of the word. And I believe that many times in our life, we have not allowed the word of God or the principles of God to change the fabric of my thinking. Now, changing the fabric of your thinking is not going to eliminate the storms. No matter if you build with gold or he- gold or silver or wooden, the, the fire will come. No matter if you build on the, 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 the sand or the stone, the floods are going to come. No matter if you build the ark or don't build the ark, the floods are going to come. And there's going to be those trials. But we are to run a race. And that race needs to be understood that at there's times you're going to become weary. But look unto Jesus, who despised those things that were to come upon Him. He was going to the cross and put aside the glory that He had with the Father to fulfill His course. We have a course and a work to do, and it's not all about concrete. It's about how our building ought to look. And in order to do so, I need to have the very fabric of my thinking changed. And there is a fab- there is a enduring or a... See, I'm building a house. I am not in unity with the building inspector. Okay? Even though I have to do what he says and obey what he says doesn't mean I'm in unity with him. He will never be in unity with me. He has a different purpose. I have a different purpose. So many times, simply because you're enduring something does not mean that you're doing it. I do what he says, but I haven't embraced it. It's not mine. It's not something that drives my life. It's something that I do not to get in trouble for. Now, it doesn't mean I don't do it. I do it because I have a work to do. 
And Paul even says that. There are certain things in this civil realm you ought to do because this is what God likes. So I do those things. But I'm not necessarily immunity with them. It's a different thing. And many times I think we view our relationship in the church and with, with, with the Lord somewhat like that. There's a building inspector coming. No, that's not the relationship that Jesus prayed for. He says, I pray that you can be one like me and my Father are one. That the very fabric of your thinking begins to take on a change, not only in salvation, but in the work that God has called you to do. Father, you want me to go to the cross? Then I change my thinking to go to the cross. You want me to pick those 12? Then I change my thinking to pick those 12. If you have a building to do, you must be conformed to that work. And there's certain things that are in your life that God is saying must go lay them aside. Or are, is your life more important than my call? Are you here just for the birthday party? Oh, God will give you, like I said, you can have a birthday party every year. But Jesus became the author of everlasting salvation, eternal salvation. Because he endured, his life was changed. And, I, and again, Second Peter says, we have been given great and exceeding precious promises that by these we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And we've given great and all things that pertain to life and godliness. We are dealing with this thing called life and how we are to live. Noah was dealing with this thing called an ark. In his life, it was God. Abraham was dealing with, Jesus was dealing with, Paul was dealing with, and it's in that that the life of Christ began to be expressed through this mortal flesh. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. See, in order to be in unity, see, in this 1 Corinthians actually starts out with the whole concept of unity. Starts out, there's, Chloe wrote me a letter telling me there's divisions among you. This is a shame, he says. This ought not to be. Christ is not divided. Well, we believe this, I believe that. Stop believing that. And Paul says, believe what I have taught you to believe. Practice what I have taught you to practice. Now, if not, what will happen is schism will happen. And pretty soon, remember we talked about our eye being single? If your eye is not single, I begin to now, well, I don't, well I'm a Paul, well, I'm a Cephas, I don't see that. And I don't. We begin to divide, and pretty soon you're going to love one and hate the other. Unless my mind is changed that the Word of God teaches me how to run. See, Paul talks about, I keep my body under in order to finish the race. I don't... He, He's not earning salvation. There is a way to be disqualified out of the work of God because you're doing it wrong. The building inspector will come and say, you need to do that differently. You need to do this differently. Paul would come as a wise master builder and say, there ought not, you ought not to be thinking like that. He doesn't come to say, well, Paul's better than Cephas. I'll tell you why you shouldn't believe in Apollo and you should believe in this. No! This is the plan! Paul, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you persecute. What do you want me to do? Don't explain it to me. My eyes have been opened. Teach me, O oh God. Tell me what to do, and I will run after you. 
the Song of Solomon, call me, draw me, O Lord, and I'll drop all and run after you. Drop your nets, I'll drop them. There has to be a reaction of faith that says, I am nothing. God, you are everything. Change me. Weave into my thinking a pattern of thinking that's like you. But that is not a natural thing. That's why we get weary in the chastisement of the Lord. We get weary in well-doing. We like the party. But that your church should be a party. And also our Ecclesiastes should be the work where we're provoking one another to practice the word. So if there's divisions among us, we're yet carnal and we're not really allowing the word of God. We're not practicing the word. Now, if we're not practicing the word and we're hearers only, what does James say? Well, we're deceived. We're deceiving ourselves. We're not doing what we should be doing. Now, as we're there, let me just read a scripture to you out of Proverbs. Proverbs 29. I haven't read this scripture in a long time, but it's important. There's a reason why we don't, we, we stop building or we stop allowing my mind to be adapted to God's will in the work. See, there has to be an adapting in the work. Ananias and Sapphira, they didn't adapt themselves to the teaching and the doctrine of the apostles and they let something else come up. They kept back part of the goods and lied about it and they were struck down dead. We see that many that walk with Paul turn back to this present because they didn't let this mind weave into them. But we see about certain men, particularly Timothy. He didn't have to do anything. He got saved. Hallelujah. But he saw that his relationship with God was involved in the work. And now, Paul, what? Teach me. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll do that. And I start now incorporating things into my life. Just as now, as if you are a runner, you start to incorporate things into your life to run well. You have to make time, number one, to run. You have to have the right shoes, the right thing. You have to then endure hard. There's a mindset that says, I do this, and I forsake this. If those things are not woven in, pretty soon what's going to happen is something's going to come up. could be circumcision. Because we know that's not in the Bible. That's just wrong. Paul has preached against that. Timothy, you're a man of God. Happy birthday. Uh, you like to laugh about it when it's Timothy. I think you did that little artist thing, didn't you, years ago? Larry, didn't he? He had that maybe with that knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hasn't changed. But most of us have got, you know, the chastity belt on. It's time to let... I think I need to go home. My father's day. I'd rather be a servant. That was going to be tried in that prodigal son. He was going to have to then adapt himself to everything that made him run away. He was going to have to become the clodhopper. Not living in the big city. Not having all the money. Not being out from under the father's thumb. Hey, look at me. I can do anything I want. He had a revelation. Revelation's good. The walking keeps you. They shall walk and not grow weary. The transfiguration isn't where Jesus left. He comes down, tells what's going to happen, endures it, and 
said, let that mind be in you. Happy birthday. Now do the dishes. You're the king, David. Good. Take care of the sheep. And he lets a mindset embrace him. Timothy. Oh, Paul, I've heard your preaching. It's wonderful. It's powerful. I just really feel I'm called of God to walk with you. I want to go with you and preach the gospel. And besides, we're going to the Gentiles. Those dirty dogs, uncircumcised Philistines, they don't know the law of God from a hole in the ground. Hallelujah. Paul, can I go? I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Yes, you can go. Right there, he had to make a choice. Right there, he had to make a choice. Did God call him to the work? Then he also called him to the night. Okay? It's easy to lose the call of God and the blueprint when the knife comes out. Yeah. And it's usually going to come by something that's, you know, not going to appear like God. It's going to challenge you. It's going to challenge you to the very core of your being. You won't be able to do it, prodigal son. Unless we just keep walking, running the race with patience. Lay it off. Lay it off. It, it's not, it doesn't come on you hard. See, you don't have to try to be winded when you run. You don't have to try to get ankle pains, heart pains. They just easily beset you. Your work isn't to deal with... Yours is to put those off and ignore them. As a matter of fact, glory in them. Not whine about them. Not use them for a cause of division. Not saying, I don't say that. It's hallelujah. Paul says, I'm rather glory in those things that are ashamed of me. I'd rather glory in my weakness. I'd rather tell you, I'm really going through it. Let's run another 20. But there's always going to be something else. We have to run legally. Not talking about salvation. He's talking about this race that we're called to. You can't run to get saved. You can't run to be righteous. But we can labor with God that He can work in us for a very particular reason. But as we go, sometimes, like I said, 38 years, sometimes things don't seem clear to me. I mean, I question almost everything in my life. From the very minute I get up, it's just, this world seems dumb to me. And God has a purpose. I just have to deal with these things. And many things, oh, you say, well, that's just ridiculous. How could he be so stupid? You should see who I'm looking at. Some of the things you deal with seem so stupid to me, don't know what's the matter with you. See, I get up in the middle of the night, I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm getting up in the middle of the night, excuse me, I'm just having to speak frankly here, I'm confessing. I go, what is the point? Could you just be how wonderful if you didn't have to invent toilets, sewer systems, all the time? You'd, how much time do you waste in the bathroom when you, you know have diarrhea or something? What's the point? I mean, I know God could have made us not have to go to the bathroom. I mean, even in that, God's working. Oh well, that's really stupid. How could He think like that? Why does God have Him talk like that? How come you can't just obey? Why can't you just give it up? Suck it up, Nancy. I didn't make that statement, but I love that guy. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? The father on, I love, everybody loves Raymond. 
You know, I always get a kick out of that in the Cosby show. Not that I'm advocating, you know, totally watching. They have their, they have their moments. But you know why I like them? Because when somebody really acts like that, they don't get the laugh that they get on TV. Yeah. Anyway, that was just a digress. But as we go, sometimes things come up. And the things that come up are to dilute or to blur the work of God. And they're usually all about you and have nothing to do with really getting the work done. I don't want to go to the cross. That idiot's not going to circumcise me. Who does he think he is talking so rude? Well, I don't know about Paul. He's a dope. I like Apollos better. He's got his hair like Don. That's kind of what I think about Apollos. You know, Apollos, little Greek. Yeah. You know, I don't think, you know, I think Paul was, you know, more like a... Anyway. Yeah. Well, get over it. That's not what you're called to. You're called to build the ark. Lay aside the weight and sin that does so easily beset you. You're going to come to some things that are going to say, Stop. I'm too tired. I don't see it like that. I want to just see it anyway. I don't know why I can't go from the Mount of Transfiguration. There's some things you're just supposed to do. Where there is no vision, Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people cast off. What does yours say, um, Martha? Oh, you, oh, oh you, you set me up for a failure. Okay. She's got this Bible that actually literally translates uh, word for word. But where there is no... Yes? What does yours say? Hallelujah. I stand rebuked. Remember a couple of weeks ago I said I don't know about that if there's too much happy in the Bible? Here's one of them. And it's exactly the one I don't want to pick. Now, is the word... Is the word... That's it. Is the word of God true? Is it more true? We, we love it more than our daily food? And, oh, no, hallelujah. A man spoken after the flesh. Take him out and stone him. We say we believe it. Most of my complaining is when I have to keep the law. But here it says, happy is the man who keeps the law. Which one is true? This is true. You're a liar. The Bible says, let God be true. Let every man be a liar. Shut up. So when I'm doing the work of God, no matter how miserable I feel, no matter how stupid I think it is, I've got to say, hallelujah, I'm confessing the truth. I'm a bum again. <laughs> That's the song if you don't know the song. You're missing out if you don't come to school. I'm happy. I confess it, bold confession. I'm, even though I don't feel it, even though I don't see it, happy is a man who keeps the law. Now, if I, if I don't do that and I stop running the race, another happiness will kick in. And pretty soon, where there is no vision, see, where there is no vision, the people begin to cast off instruction, restraint. Because I don't have, I don't, I don't, I just don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't feel it. I'm not happy. I'm not. You've lost your vision. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Run the race with patience because there's going to come things. People are going to throw stones at you. 
The devil's going to try to trip you, and the very judgment of God that's coming into this world is going to shake you, baby, shake you. And I hope we're building correctly. But the vision, no matter how... Jesus was in the garden, and he was so grieved, it says. So troubled. He was, he was under so much stress. I don't even, that's not even a word. That his, he, he was, his, the capillaries in his mind and his head were popping. And he was bleeding from that. Oh, well, I just don't see why we have to. I, God has made some decisions about your life. Hello, prodigal son. God's made some decisions. Oh, there's a birthday. You're getting everything you don't deserve. Paul, I called you before the foundations of the earth. You just didn't come to the party. Now it's time to come to the party. He said, thank you, Father. What can I do for you? Oh, mind change. Thinking change. And I believe we come to the Lord, but our thinking, we don't change. We, we, we hold back part of the goods that we sold. Ananias and Sapphira? And we're not running the race with a total. We're not seeing the vision. Where the vision becomes blurry, other things become very important. My opinion. My time. Who I serve. Who I listen to. Who governs my life. What I... Those are the easy things that overtake us. But look unto Jesus who said, Father, don't take me from this mountain. Let me go down and reveal to them what's going on. So, yeah, after 38 years, 40 years, 15 years, are you getting bored? Are you just tired of the same old, same old? Good. Get off your pity party. You're just seeing it wrong. Because you should be what? Happy! Happy! Hey, Timothy, you want to go into the ministry? Let's get happy! And his mind would have to change. Culturally, morally, and religiously. He was a Greek. They don't circumcise. He would have to change culturally. Because it, it marked him forever. He would have to change morally. He would have to change religiously into something that he said, this is my call. Jesus said, this is my call, Father. I've been one with you from the very foundations of the earth and before. We, have, we are together and in unity we're one. But now you have called me to this work. I now adapt to that. And held back nothing. When we hold back, we're lying to the Holy Spirit. You cannot hold back part of the goods. So, if there's some other things that are important to you, it might be time to lay them aside. If God's called you, which He has, but you'd have to decide that, then we need to run the race and build the building. But I can't, you know, you can endure it. You can be beat up by the building inspector. You can even do what he says and never, never be at unity. Or you can start letting this mind be in you that God is teaching you about and saying, oh, that's what's adapting me. That's what I need to, oh, there's a thinking. 
that needs to change in me. And that's going to happen in this thing called life. That's where God is going to meet us, and that's where God's dealing with the church, and that's where God's dealing with you. has nothing to do with the birthday party. has nothing to do with the birthday party. But because of the birthday party, the first one, we now have been born again into an opportunity to serve God. Do you love me, he said? It's up to you. Serve me. You can have your inheritance. Go ahead, prodigal son. But when you have the revelation, talimat, the, the doctrine, the teaching, the instruction that you have will kick in and start running your life. And you're going to go in a way that you didn't want to go. Isn't that what he says to Peter? When you were young, you went what you did what you wanted. But there's going to come called faith, obedience, that takes you in a way you don't want to go. It's called vision, purpose-driven life. It's called taking on a mentality that you don't want anything to do with. It's learning how to eat a ham and cheese sandwich with the Gentiles. And not saying, you know what? I think I'm better equipped to preach to the Jews. You know, I've been trained my whole life, and I just don't see it. Lay it aside. That's not what you're called to. Fulfill your calling. You cannot fulfill your salvation. It is a finished, complete, total work and a gift of God. It's a gift. Hallelujah. But you have a work to be completed in God that you must work with Him, and it's going to require your whole being. And it's to only you, only you can prevent forest fires. Only you can adapt yourself. Only you can submit and say, Lord, I'll do that. You know, I've been hearing, that's the mind of God for me. Oh, there's a way I need to start thinking that I've been hearing about for years. Why am I just so hard-hearted? Well, because you're a sinner. Because the vision doesn't seem that important to you. And you start casting off some restraint. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Nothing happens. Have you ever noticed when you do something bad, you're not immediately struck down dead? You go, oh, our hearts become a little harder. When you have your own opinion, your own way, Corinthian church was full of division. Church still went on, but it wasn't fulfilling God's purpose. We have been called to practice the Word, and we only can practice the Word in this life, in the restraints and the confines of the work that God has given me to do. So, where there is no vision. You might be casting off restraint. You might just be living your own life. You might just making your own opinions. You might. It's so easy just to walk away. It's so easy to make excuses and not let your mind be changed where, oh, you know what, I'm finally realizing I don't think about things the way I used to. See, I mean, I, I shared a, a, a couple of weeks ago. See, I, don't, I used to have a tremendous problem with money, work, people, responsibility, clothes, food, almost everything. But particularly work and money. And I realized, you know, I don't have those problems anymore. Do you know why? Because I chose to adapt my thinking to the direction that I was given. 
Now I remember when we got saved, a whole bunch of hippies were, you know, they were they were just like that. And I remember some people just could not adapt to the apostolic thought process that was being given. They thought I remember Christy. Christy grew up in Alaska, and all, most of the people that were there were they were like from California weirdos, and. Uh, they kept saying it was summertime, beautiful in Alaska. And they kept saying, oh, praise God, we can't wait till wintertime. Because then in wintertime, we're just going to sit around and just read the Bible all the time. Chris is going, what are these people talking about? Life goes on. Well, they never adapted. See, they took, the hippie go- they took their gospel and made it hippy-dippy. See, they took being spaced out on drugs to be spaced out on the Bible. We can just sit around all day and just, you know, read the Bible. Well, wintertime came church that was 85, 95 went down to about 10 or 15. Because guess what? There was frozen silage that needed to be chipped out of the silo. Didn't look like God to me. There was potatoes. I had to wake up in the middle of the night, two and three times a night, to stoke a fire in a potato barn so the potatoes wouldn't freeze. And that was a quarter of a mile away up the hill, 30, 40 below. Bears, wolves, I fought it for Jesus. I don't need that. Paul doesn't need to be beat up. I have a better life. Then you get married. Don't need that. And then you get kids. And then you, well, before that you get the church. And you have apostles and fathers and authority. And guess what the first thing you say is? don't need that. No one's telling me what to do. You're right. No one wants to. And it's a bummer. But there comes when you hear the message. Work isn't something from the devil. Work is something from God. I don't think like... I don't need... Money. I think money's a good thing. I like having lots of money. Don't know what to do with it, so I give it to Christy. She always has plenty of ideas. The church... Wait a minute. All of these things. Do you mean they're just not um, tesadu? They're not just coincidences? You mean it's not just somebody's opinion? It's not just a weird thing? Hear it well. It's God in your life, and your flesh hates Him. Now, you can either walk in the flesh, or you can, put a, you can lay aside the sin and wait that so easily besets you. The weight of, I don't know why they're always saying that. I don't really see it that way. Oh, she's an idiot. He's an idiot. Oh, you know what? Well, you know, I'm just so happy now because I don't deal with any of these things. Hello, grasshopper. Winter's coming. Anyway, let me read a scripture. Second Corinthians, we were there. Because there is a purpose in God. We're called to one purpose and one purpose only, and that's to glorify God. And there is no other purpose. The, the, the meaning of the... Life itself is meaningless unless you meet Him who is life. That's why Paul says, if you don't get this, you might as well eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow you're going you're to die. Don't even come to church. Get, get out of here. He's saying, if you don't understand that Christ is working in you and you haven't met Him and you don't know that life is totally meaningless unless for Christ, you're laboring in vain. All your morals, all your attitudes, all what you think is right are hogwash. It's only what Christ puts in our life that's of any meaning. 
But there is a purpose, and the only purpose that we have is to glorify Him as He's directed us to do in His, in our race, in the work that He's given me to do. And I've been thinking about this. I, I'm kind of a spontaneous guy. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. So I'm going to put it out. And Don, you can think about this and let me know what you think, and others as well. But since Don looks like Apollo, so we'll trust him. I was thinking, you know, when it comes right down to it, I think it might be good to share what I believe. Maybe take some, have some, uh, maybe take a, a Bible study and just say, this is what I believe. Because you might not believe the same thing. Because Paul had a gospel. A little different than Peter's gospel. A little different than Apollos' gospel, obviously. Foundation was the same. But when I say I, you can either have I or we or church or gospel or whatever you want. But it would be nice to know what we believe. Just an idea. might go through some things. Yeah. You might think, wow, that's, I, don't, I don't believe that. I wonder it's not working. Well, then you have a clear choice. You might, you might think a Goliath is a giant that's going to kill you. David thought something different. You might think, you know, Paul's just a wacko with a knife. Timothy thought something different. You might think Jesus is a devil. The disciples saw something different. People say he's a devil. They just saw something different. By faith, they're, 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 the fabric of their thought process was changed. Anyway, why I believe, or why we believe what we believe, might be an idea. I don't know. Just some thoughts. Second Corinthians. I want to talk about the purpose of God, then we'll move on. Um, chapter four. Wherefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, what do we do? comes back again. You don't faint. We don't faint. What does faint mean? Good. Anybody else? Yeah. Draw back. Quit. We, do, we don't stop fighting. We don't faint. We might whine. I'm not saying we should. We might complain. We might throw a fit. But guess what? We don't faint. Just after the meeting, I'll talk to you. We don't faint. That's something I believe. We don't faint. We don't stop doing what we're supposed to be doing. I don't care what your reason is. I don't care what you think. I mean, I do, because, but I can't afford to because I have to deal with it in my own brain. I have to deal with all the accusations I've got. I have to deal with, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be... Someone said something. Anyway, okay. Anyway, we're going on. And I think it's time that we put a stake in the ground and start saying, this is what I'm called to do. I have a vision. We've been called to walk with God. We've been called to run with God. I want to run the race with patience. I don't care how old or how young you are. But we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the Word of God deceitfully, but manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Well, why do you think it would be hidden? Well, you know, there's no vision driving your life. And if there's no, dri there's no vision driving your life, something that's supposed to be manifest isn't going to be manifest. And it's really the purpose of God, and He's going to f finish with that. But many times we just want to look at certain things and go, why, well, our gospel's hid from the lost. It may be that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. The gospel wasn't hidden in the days of Noah. The gospel wasn't hidden in the days of Jonah. 
The gospel wasn't hidden when Jesus was walking on the earth. Not everybody received it, but they were manifesting that which Christ had wanted to see manifested in their life. And he let, we let God dictate the fruit. Because you can water and you can plant. And what you plant and the what look, do you think you could get watermelons by sticking a seed in the ground? I mean, a watermelon, a big, juicy thing that looks so, I mean, it's this big and it's red and it's delicious. You get this little seed. And then you didn't know anything. You came from Mars. You know where that comes from? Oh, come on. Don't be stupid. Who do you think I am? It doesn't look like it. But do it. Watch it. But see, if you, oh, it didn't come up. You don't water it. You don't cultivate it. It will not come to pass. Although the life is there, the birthday is there, you have a work to do in God. Okay, how much seed you throw, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, it ain't going to come to pass. Amen. But if our God, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, certain people, and every one of us here from time to time believe not about certain things. Sometimes we like to think, oh, I just talk about the lost. Well, I think in a, in a, in a foundational way it is. But sometimes the devil, devil blinds your eyes because you don't want to believe certain things because it's going to change the fabric of your life. It's going to change your value system. It's going to change you. You're not going to be the old, independent, you're not gee, uh, stubborn person. You're not going to be able to say, I don't think that way anymore. I've embraced Jesus. And he thinks this way. I think that way too. Like I said, every now and again, I do get a little fleshly nostalgic. I see a freight train, burnt cigar on the ground. You know, those things try me. More realistic, I just don't like to deal with, you know, a lot of things. Every time I have to go work on my house, there's always problems. I like working with Randy. He's pretty patient. Calms me down pretty good. Doesn't mind mistakes. Makes most of them. (laughs) No, actually, he doesn't. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. The race still got to be done. I don't care. I don't care if you do it happy or not. I'd like to see us do it happy, but I want to get. I want the work to get done. You know, I don't know if they have any any good movies like that. I think uh, Sergeant York. We haven't watched that one, but you know, I don't know if it's on that one. But you know, the World War One particularly had the guys. You know, they had barbed wire all over the place, and they always had the one guy that would throw himself on the barbed wire, and the rest of the team would go over. Never saw that guy. But something had to click in your brain to be that guy. He doesn't get a whole lot out of it. Just like Jesus doesn't get a whole lot out of not going to the Mount of Transfiguration, but he opens the way for many to go through. And if you are not consumed with the vision, you're not getting through that barbed wire. The light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine in them. For we preach not ourselves. A lot of times we're preaching ourselves. Paul was a great preacher of himself. Well, until God showed up. Don't preach yourself. But we preach Jesus Christ, Lord, and, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, to shine in your hearts, to give you the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Back to the birthday. It's good to remember the birthday. Remember why we're here. But we don't stay at the birthday. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence in the power may be of God and not in us. We are troubled on every side, 
yet not distressed. We are perplexed. We're in the ark, basically. And it's a shaking and rocking, and it's a, the animals are going crazy. After They were in there about a year, weren't they? Do you know what the aroma must have... We lived in an actual barn when we first got saved. We actually lived in the barn. The actual thing that actually really kept us warm was the manure decomposing. Yuck. You say yuck. But when it's 50 below out, that aroma says heat. <laughs> we used to go to churches, nice churches. And people could tell when we were there. <laughs> I don't see this there. It must have been, whoa. And they only had one window in that boat. Right? You think Noah had it easy. All right. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Why are you doing this? Paul, why don't you tell me some good news? Why don't you explain to me what's going on? We're at the, moment of, we're at the Mount of Transfiguration for a moment, for their sake. But I have a work for you to do. Do you love me? Follow me. Always bearing about in my body the dying of the... Where does he bear it about? In his body. I can, people can see when my life was changed. People go, what are you doing? I'm working. What? Yeah, and I like it. And I get money. And I know how to do books. And I can do this and... Wow, and you know what? I drink coffee now. Wow, and I... Oh, you think that's nothing? I think it's something. Because what it does is removes this out of my life, removes judgment out of my life, makes me free so I can serve wherever I need to serve. Now, well, I don't see that, and I don't see that, and I feel this, and I don't... That is Oswald Chamber. That's spiritual pride. It's not God. Uh-huh. always bearing about in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ that the life also of Jesus might be made in manifest in our body for we that live are always delivered unto death for Jesus sake and here it comes that the life of also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh God's purpose Jesus died and rose again from the dead and he sends his Holy Spirit in the person of the Holy Spirit. He comes and lives. And we have this treasure in earth and vessels. For what reason? So that the life of Christ may be evident in my mortal body. You know what mortal means? In, in Turkish, it's a very interesting word. They talk like that. It means with death, literally. And is without death. So when they have corruption, it means it's dying or it's with death. This mortal body, this body that has death living in it, is to be so chained, not changed, but fight against that to actually let the life of Christ be seen. Oh, there's a struggle. Jesus isn't going to be seen the gospel is only, you're going to have mentions of it, not on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's not where he preached the gospel. When he gets down, he says, gather around. I'm telling you what's coming. I'm going to the cross. They're going to rip out my beard. But this is what I'm doing. And then the gospel is preached in the mortal. See, in all the things that we are 
not wanting to die, but God has already sentenced us to die in them. Jesus wants to be made manifest in my mortal body. Oh, that means I only do this. Change your doctrine. We had a good sign out. Remember your karma might run over your dogma? Yeah. Without a vision, that's what happens. So the purpose of God is that the life of Christ may be made manifest in this mortal, stinky, putrefying, with death body. There's going to be something that is going to manifest. His name is Jesus Christ. And the gospel will not be hid from the lost because they're going to look and go, whoa, wait a minute. They're kind of the same as us but their fabric has been changed. They're not in division. They don't have borders and boundaries and, well, I think this and we think that. I'm not an, I am not just obeying the building inspector. I am not just tolerating. I have now embraced. So if you've seen me, Jesus said, you've seen the Father. If you've seen the church of Paul, you've seen Christ as Paul has preached him. If you've seen, then you've... That's the mirror that God wants to say. We look into a mirror, the Bible says. What mirror have you been looking into? That's what you'll be reflecting. So Now, remember, we have something to think about, right? What is it? Yeah. yeah. Amen. And besides that, we have, a, we have a piano recital today. Yeah, we have some people in the mortal body, don't we? You'll see how much comes forth. Yeah. So have a birthday. Next week we're going to have a birthday again. We're going to have a birthday party. During the week, get your job done. Start obeying. Start learning what you're supposed to like and what you're not supposed to like. I already know that. No, you don't. Not if you made up your own mind. Oh, wait a minute. That sounds like, well, it sounds like whatever you want. It could be the devil or it could be the Lord. You would have to decide. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right.